Lean in. All right. Cheryl All right. We've been traveling a lot this week, Matt Ray. Now, how many pairs of shoes do you bring? I bring two pairs of shoes. I, two pairs. What are two they? pairs. I, I, I bring the uh, semi-dressy shoes uh-huh. that uh, I can get away with, and I bring a pair of running shoes. Right, right. Oh, running shoes, because you're healthy. Yeah, I try to be healthy. Um, usually, uh, when I land somewhere, first night I land, you know, I get some decent night's sleep, hopefully, and I run the first day, and then usually the second time, second night, probably end up going out drinking till. Mm-hmm. what? What late late ten thirty last night, and I didn't feel like running. No, so yeah. No. So how did you get into running? Uh, good question. So uh, listeners may recall, um, used to work at a company called BMC, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I don't think they did the whole like you know giving the developers snacks or something, but I somehow put on a bunch of weight. It's all those lunches we went to. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I had the nice casual developer lifestyle. Uh-huh. Um, I think my wife was in graduate school, and I was you know, playing a lot of video games and eating poorly. And uh, I think I was up to about 220, 225. Mm. And uh, you know, my back was hurting, my knees were hurting, and I read some stuff about running being good for backs and knees and like wait wait that doesn't make sense no uh, it turns out it's true um yeah <laughs> so uh i started running a little bit before my first first kid was born and uh started losing weight and my knees got better my back got better now, what, what do you do you like run three minutes the first day and then three minutes and 30 yeah yeah i mean they, they've got lots of programs like couch to 5k uh-huh. you know if you google for that you'll find like you know first day try to walk a mile second day you know Maybe do a little jogging in there. Um, and, you know, and then, uh, let, me, let me interrupt you there. What is the deal with the, with the marathon? Like, have you ever run in a marathon? No, I, it seems like this. I mean, I'm going to do a typical, like, like it seemed like I'm insulting people, but it's more like reflecting on me is like, I recognize that there's some great, wonderful life achievement in marathons, but man, I just could give less of a fuck. <laughs> right. And, but so is, is it just like having like a deadline, like a goal that you work towards yeah. or like what, I, I think how is it used as a tool? Um, you know, people like to have a, a, you know, I guess bucket list kind of things like, mm. look in my life, I ran a marathon and, you know, one point in my life I was in good enough shape to run for six, six, seven hours, for 26 see. miles. And you know what? Uh, it doesn't really sound that interesting to me. And is uh, that what those stickers on the backs of cars are? That'll be like twenty six, twenty six four or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that's they ran a marathon. I think there's another one that's seventy three something. That's okay. a that's a triathlon. Triathlon. Yeah, with the fifty mile bike ride. Okay. Oh, or, right, right. With the swimming. Yeah, with the swimming yeah. and the running. Well, that sounds 50, nice. Forty. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then there's like the hundred twenty something sticker, and that's like the ultra. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not not for me. Not for me. You know, I, I get bored. And now I'm remembering why this came back into mind other than us sitting here and me asking about shoes. Is uh, Man, where was I? I was in a restaurant somewhere. It must have been work-related because otherwise I wouldn't have been in the restaurant. And and they, as always, there was some TV. And there was, there was like a um, – someone was interviewing like a female mixed martial artist person. Yeah. And uh, and they had some scene of like she was back in her Arizona home just jogging along along the roads. And I was thinking like, oh, that looks peaceful. And also she was not like vigorously jogging. I guess I'm saying jogging instead of running. She yeah. was just kind of bouncing along. And, and it seemed like it would be the, uh, a great combination of like being away from people and then also like living longer. 
And, and, <laughs> but, but then my fear, my fear here is, is that like I've never really exercised in my life. So I feel like my body would just disintegrate under pressure. So I might just should be in a bathtub instead. Uh, well, you know, there, there's, uh, there's some good science fiction on the subject. Yeah. About, you know, just giving in to uh, eating nonstop and living in a vat. But um, probably, probably uh, a little bit of exercise doesn't hurt. Um, That's true. How about what's your opinion of this seven minute a day workout thing? Uh, I think I've got that on my phone somewhere. Yeah. Um, your but, phone's healthy. Well, yeah, my, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I do that occasionally. Yeah, you know, I'm in a hotel room and I'm thinking, oh, I should go down to the gym. And uh, look, there's a seven minute app on my phone, and it's like, and, and but according to the science that you understand, yeah. is that an effective thing or is yeah, that just yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. There, there was some some scientific study, some university, some you know internet thing where they're like, hey, the optimum exercises you need to do are you know some planks, some jumping jacks, uh-huh. some push ups. And it turns out you don't have to do, you know, an hour of them. If you do these things seven minutes a day, you're going to hit all the uh, core muscles. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it. I've, I've, I've done them from time to time. Um, I'm not very good about it. I, I generally, when I'm home, I run maybe three or four times a week, maybe 15, 20 kilometers. Mm. Not not a lot. I'm, I don't really have any aspirations for marathons. Uh, 10K I could handle. You know, that's about an hour. You know, I get Is that kilometers? Of, yeah, yeah, kilometers. Is 2.2 kilometers in a mile? Uh, I think it's an 8K. That, no, that's a kilogram in a pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think eight, eight, um, the way I remember it is 8 kilometers is 5 miles. 8 kilometers is 5 miles. Yeah, Got about. Got it. Um, and I think that makes a marathon like a 40K. Oh. Uh, yeah, but well, anyway. Well, you know, I want to close out our shoe topic, <laughs> and then we can get on to tech news. But So here, here's a new thing. You know, as, as, as you know, and, and as our listeners know, I'm always trying to figure out my shoe situation. Mm. And uh, I had ordered some from some uh, Maui hook company. You remember, you remember my problems with the sheep line shoes? Yeah, yeah. They were wonderful until it was like not 40 degrees outside. And then <laughs> they, they turned into... They in, smelled like sweaty shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they turned into like their own little oceanic environments. Um, and uh, so I got another one from the brand. but And I even, I got it in, in the two sizes in the range you're supposed to, and it just didn't fit. So it was a bummer. Because they're supposed to be mm. good, but here's here's my new theory. I want to fly this past you. I should wear the low top Converse. Low top Converse. Just black low top Converse. So I think I think you can get away with those. This is my theory. You can get away with those in any situation. Maybe not a funeral, but any situation you could wear black low top Converse. Probably Con- depends. Converse. Probably depends. in in my role, in so much as I'm just like you know a jester yeah. who goes yeah. out and talks about stuff. It probably depends on the funeral. <laughs> this, is, this is a very positive response you're starting with here um so i went through that uh about a year ago i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start wearing uh plain black tennis shoes i got some vans you get those like uh, food service worker sketchers that are black those yeah are yeah sweet uh and it turned out i didn't like them they weren't very comfortable yeah, yeah. they I, like i needed a little more cushioning um so I, I went from wearing kind of like, you know, uh, casual dress shoes, I guess. You know, that's kind of my genre mm. of, of shoes. I, yeah. I, can't, I don't really pull off tennis shoes that well. Yeah. So my other theory, I said this was going to be it, is, is uh, I need to go back to Barcelona or however they say it to buy some more. But they've got these espadrilles. Like, and I've got these blue suede espadrilles. And an espadrille, like they coil up rope on the bottom for it. And I, and I figure I figure another uh, loophole, 
and the formal shoe wear that the business people can do is if you have some sort of slightly eccentric shoe thing that yeah. has a story. And then you can be like, well, these are espadrilles. <laughs> You'd be like, check it. It's European. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> In Espanol, man. But uh, so, so that's my other theory is maybe because there was a moment where I did wear those, but the, they wore down. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I like that. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. I, I, think I brought those with me on the trip and uh, I worn them a little bit. Yeah. So that, that, that's actually, I'm wearing, I don't know what these are. Those, those are those boots, are like uh, softer hipster ankle boots. Yeah, yeah. And you should I'm, roll up your cuffs when you wear that, Matt Ray. I, I you got to get into roll that. up my cuffs. You would look pretty smart like that, jogger I, like you. I don't roll up cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 uh, wardrobe. I, I'm trying to simplify it into you know uh, probably a dress shirt, probably uh-huh. jeans, plain uh-huh. black. Yeah. Shoes. Well, next episode we'll talk about the dress shirts because okay. that's a whole other. That's that's a problem. So so so, if you were to wear a suit, would you wear it with a western shirt? Oh. <laughs> I I ha- I don't know what you would call this, but I have I uh, I feel like if you're going to wear a suit, you should wear the whole costume. The whole costume, right? I don't want to be like the the weird eccentric person who's like wears something different. I mean, it's just like it kind of breaks the. I mean, I think the point of a suit, especially for men, is to like look like you belong. Yeah, like like the way I was going to say, which is not entirely accurate, is like it's supposed to make it a non-issue. It's right. conformity, and then you know when someone doesn't conform, either because they look really good in a suit, which is good for them, or they're like they're like you know really rolled their cuffs up, have like pink socks on, and have like some eccentric suit jacket. You're like, this guy is going to have a lot of jackassery to say. Right, like it's someone who stands out, and they're going to be like the David Cross digital guy. Right, you remember that guy? I don't know. I, I, I it, it, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of like often, if you see a banana and it's brown instead of yellow, the banana is not going to be very good. Sometimes <laughs> maybe you'll get a magical banana that'll change your life. But it's just like if someone's banana peel looks different than all the other bananas, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. So, so Sydney wears a lot of suits, right? Mm. I'm on the ferry. I noticed that when I was right? there. there. There's a lot of dudes in suits. And I like the people who are, who kind of say like, look, if you're going to make me wear a suit, there's going to be some, you know, pink socks or. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, if that's the whole culture, sure. Then yeah. that's like what you do. But I feel like ran, you know, your, your go bag of traveling, you don't know when you're going to be in the rando culture. Right. Yeah. So you just, you just get yourself maybe one of those sort of like metallic, really dark blue sports jackets is as far as you would go. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's uh, sports jackets. Uh, you know, James Governor used to have one that was really good. That was basically, I think maybe it was a Calvin Klein one, but it was basically like, Almost, it was soft, but almost as thick as like work clothing material. Yeah, and it and it like it was it was almost like fabric that that was a chameleon looking like a sports jacket, mm. and it was a great jacket. Like, because that's what I always want in a sports jacket. It was like two years where I was questing about this, and I, I wanted to find a sports jacket that you could just wear at any occasion. Yeah, right. Like you know, like they do on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of went through a few of them, but every time uh, my wife, who advises me on this thing, was like, "Don't wear that." <laughs> it, it apparently wasn't working out. So, so yes, I have I have two of those, and I used to wear them more often. But mostly, I'm traveling to hot places. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think what she told me, and I think many episodes back, I said this, is she was like, "Aren't you? What did she say? Aren't you an important enough person that you don't need to dress up anymore?" Mm. And man, that's that's a thought virus that gets into your wow. head that doesn't get out. 
that's that's a see, I, and and I was always doing it like, you know, hanging out with with software folks is like, maybe I'll just dress up a little nicer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. It's very, very, very stressful. Yes, you meet all these people. But I'm at a conference. Yeah, and yeah, I'm wearing a t-shirt. You are. I'm in uniform. Well, we are at a DevOps days. DevOps days, Jakarta, high up in a building here. You can see the the city. Twenty seventh floor. This is quite quite an astounding city that we're in. Would you say? Yeah, I mean, every direction I look, it's like you know, low rise, bunch of high rises, low rise, bunch of high rises, and it goes on and on in every direction. Yeah. So I think uh, Jakarta is the largest city in Southeast Asia. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't such a weenie, it would be exciting to go out and just walk around, see what's happening. But instead, I've done some extensive tourism through my hotel window <laughs> and my my. Uh, the windows of the buildings I've been in, but it looks fascinating. My my hotel is across the street from the venue. Mm, so, yes, yeah, the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, a Marriott yeah. property. The best thing about the Ritz Carlton is uh, this morning I'm I'm wearing my chef T-shirt and my coworkers wearing a chef T-shirt, That's right. and we're at the breakfast, uh, you know, helping ourselves, and and you know they keep bringing us out little plates of extra stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what's up with this? Like, oh, this is good too. Yeah, and eventually, like this. This you know uh, gentleman walks up and he says, uh, you know, hello sirs, I'm so and so, the the general manager of the of the the hotel and the restaurant, and you know, uh, we see that you're wearing a, a chef shirt. Are you you know which chef organization is this? <laughs> and apparently they were trying to impress us yeah. uh, with like tasting plates, and they wanted our opinion. Were, were you with your Australian buddy? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I feel like he would have just ridden it out. And be like, oh, we're up here from you know Sydney. No, no, no. We we thought it was hilarious, but you know the I guess he never told the kitchen staff. So mm. they brought us out like four sampling plates. Yeah, and they're like, you must have this. It's divine. It's our specialty, right? It's like, yeah. In my um, in my mind, you told him that, and the the manager he was like, oh man, and then and then all of a sudden he's like, wait. That's awesome. I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> well, well, what we were kind of worried was like uh, for the the conference, we were giving away you know chef T-shirts, and we were at the the uh, bar last night across from the hotel, and mm-hmm. we gave them to some of the staff at the bar, and so I'm sure they'd be like, "Wait, th- th- those guys got chef shirts, and we didn't." Oh, you know, yeah. Like, here, I'm going to spit in this and go put it at their table. <laughs> well, you know, when I was a red monk, I met this guy uh, Aaron, who is. And was the CEO of Mind Touch? Oh, yeah, Aaron Fulkerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's the best. Yeah, and and I, I saw some up up close and personal. I saw some of his great guerrilla marketing. And yeah. One of the better ones is that we were, I think this was when Microsoft had a mix conference mm-hmm. back in the RIA days, uh, rich internet applications. Yeah, and and so they had a conference, and he was there because they're like a valuable Microsoft partner, or SharePoint or killer. Yeah. yeah, and so well, I guess that's true. Anyways, they're a competitor. Yeah, 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 yeah. and so. Uh, Microsoft was hosting some kind of uh, soiree where there were, you know, the, the wait staff all in black giving out free drinks. And he had, he was there with me and he had a pocket full of mind touch stickers uh-huh. and he would like use his, his guile and while and walk up to them and be like, Hey, will you wear one of these stickers? So in a few minutes, all of the wait staff were like walking. Mind touch <laughs> See, was, the best thing about Aaron is like, I, I, I haven't seen him in probably eight years or so, but like, my impression of him was he was like chugging Red Bulls and uh, he's got kind of a wild look in his eyes. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does, right? That's and, one of the best parts. Yeah, yeah. And, and he talks like Hank Scorpio in that Simpsons episode, uh-huh. the, the, the James Bond one, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, Homer, 
When you get home, there's going to be a third story on your house. By Mind Touch. Yeah! <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, and now, like, I follow him on Instagram, and he's he's a, like, super CrossFit guy. Oh, yeah, So he yeah. also looks like uh, that guy now. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, his wife was, like, an ultra marathoner or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So many good Aaron stories. Like, I'll tell one last one. Okay. I was hanging out with him after a conference once, and he's like, you know, I'll try to do his voice. He's like, ah, let me take you over to, like, the uh, university bar place. And so we go have some drinks. And then he's going to drive me back to his hotel, and we're driving. He's like, hold on, I got I to gotta get over here. He doesn't sound like this at all. <laughs> all my impersonations turn into, like, Mo or something. But so he drives over there and he's like, I just got to get into the ocean. And so he just like strips down to his underwear and just like <laughs> hightails it right into the Pacific and kind of jumps around for a while. And he comes back and he's like, all right, we can go now. Awesome. <laughs> he's like, like pure Southern Californian guy. Like yeah. Been out of touch with the Pacific oh, for man. too long. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're, we're here at uh, DevOps State Jakarta. Um, lots of lots of tech news this week. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about you know shoes and and uh, you know people we haven't seen in a few years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we had our, our keynotes this morning. Um, you know, our you had yours this morning. I had mine yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, How was your keynote, Matt? Right. I was good. It was good. I so I wanted to help level set you know some of the DevOps conversations, and I thought a good way to do it would be to kind of talk about the history of DevOps and tie it to a timeline of events and you know, the conversations that were happening at certain points in time. And I used books as a way to kind of be the exclamation points of you know, when a conversation mm. had been fully explored. You know, right, like we right. talked about it enough at enough different DevOps days. Now somebody put out you know, a postmortem book or yeah. you know, the art of monitoring or that kind of stuff. They're, they're like a positive core dump. Yeah, of, of yeah. Thing. What, what would the positive core dump be? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you noticed they have bidets here? I have. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like hidden. <laughs> I want to come back to the urinal technology that they have here, too. I'm sure you've yeah. noticed. They, they got a bit of the, the Japanese, uh, what's the toilet brand there? Toyo? or I don't know. Uh, it was a good old American standard yeah, in, in, uh-huh. this, in this one. Anyway, so the books. The books. Know? Yeah. So I, you know, I started with a list of about 15 or so books uh, and, and whittled it down so I could have you know, a short, you know, concise 40-minute talk. And uh, you know, I, I hit on you know, highlights. Uh, uh, what's the first one? Web operations, continuous delivery. Uh, test-driven infrastructure, uh, effective DevOps, DevOps Handbook, mm-hmm. um, you know, Docker Book, Kubernetes. I, I tried to keep it light on the tech, but you know, sometimes the tech did change how we talk about DevOps. I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, just so so if there were people who this is their first DevOps days, they knew some of the background. They'd know why people were talking about <laughs> you know, blameless postmortems. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always hard at Dev- DevOps days is to know the. Uh, the level to present things at yeah. and, and how much background to give. Cause it's uh yeah. But yeah, it, it was a fun talk. Um, uh, this just in, I, I, I thought ignites were hard because you know, they're, they're five minutes and uh, you know, your slides are auto advanced and you have to know exactly what you're going to say. Uh-huh. Uh, keynotes are harder. <laughs> wait, 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 I mean, just cause it was a full new talk. And so I probably oh, spent a lot. Haven't you given a keynote before? Not this one. Oh, right, 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 right. What you're saying a new one. Yes, yeah, yes, like yes. writing a whole new talk from scratch is a lot of work, and then like <laughs> the yeah. added pressure of having to have something you know valuable for the audience. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, it, uh, that I should I should write a medium post that's like uh, that's really clickbaity and be like 
the the what how how would we title this? You can maybe you can help me with the SEO. It's like the one thing you need to know to present effectively, <laughs> and and it would be only ever present one thing in your life, and then you just practice it. Over no, and over. no, I, I no, so, I'm not saying yeah, it's serious. Yeah. It would just yeah. be a, a good a good uh, article. Yeah, because somebody asked me earlier uh, if I did a lot of pre- public talking. I was like, well, I gave 37 public presentations last year, right? Uh, and I probably gave you know, six different talks, right? Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. just like one talk that I, you know, took out on the road. It's like I had to give, you know, different different talks for different audiences, but I had to, you know, get the word out, um, you know, for work and stuff. Because um, <laughs> I have a day I job. need to do this talk yeah. for my work. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I had a good time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thanks, thanks to the DevOps Stage Jakarta folks for having me and uh, looking forward to, Given more talks like that in the future, so uh, yeah. But uh, your talk was very, very good. Yeah, it was. It was an implementation of my uh, my hot new medium post that everyone's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Sergio and I were laughing at all the jokes in the front row. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I always try to like learn how to say hello. And this is the first time it seems like it worked because, like everyone in in the local language, everyone said hello back to me, mm. which is was shocking. I felt bad after I saw three or four people do that. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of good talks. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun to be somewhere that is kind of new to the DevOps conversations, even though there are a lot of shops and, and folks here doing it. For some people, it was all brand new. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what everyone told me is that is a couple of years ago that in aggregate, uh, everyone was interested in like agile development, mm-hmm. and so people are like interested in that. And there's like a microservices and an agile conference later this year, or I guess this year or something. And yeah, it's nice to have people interested in uh, you know the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because you, you get down, you you kind of get in the mindset of like, oh, everyone knows this stuff, and everyone's talking. Yeah, about yeah, that's it. what I mean. Like, it's hard to figure out how to uh, what content to put in, yeah. in these kind of talks. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell people who this episode is brought to them by? <laughs> uh, I, I uh, in case listeners haven't figured this out, I am restricted from doing the ad reads, so really? that's why. That's why Matt and Brandon, uh, it's not because of our sponsor. It was just a consensus that we had that just like now I go on way too long. So that's, oh, that's why. Okay, okay. And Matt Ray's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Meeting. Yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this episode is brought to you by Datadog, um, a monitoring platform for cloud scale infrastructure and applications. It's built by engineers for engineers. Datadog provides visibility into more than 200 technologies, including AWS, Chef, and Docker with built-in metric dashboards and automated alerts. With end-to-end request tracing, Datadog provides visibility into your applications and their underlying infrastructure all in one place. Uh, sign up for f- a free trial at www.datadog.com SDT. Uh, and they want you to know they monitor all kinds of data about Amazon EC2 instances, and you can sign up for a free trial. So, yeah, uh, you know, there were... Uh, some AWS news that came out today. Speaking yeah. of, of AWS and the data. They had dog, their earnings come out, right? They did. Yeah, and raised the price of Amazon Prime. Matt Ray, I ask you, are you going to continue subscribing to Amazon Prime? I am. So Do you uh, see have do they have that in Sydney? They do. Yeah. They do. So I actually placed my first Amazon. What's, what's Australian dot, for Prime? Do they have a word for it? 
Uh, See, that joke was funny, <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> it, it's prime. They, oh, okay. they speak English there. Oh, right, right. That's right. I mean, if it was, yeah, probably they haven't had it out long enough for Australians to come up with a short. They don't call word. it like preemie or pre's? Yeah. Don't they need to shorten Primo. it? Primo. Primo. Hey, hey, hey you got the Amazon Primo. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll probably call it Primo. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did place my first uh, .com.au order this week. A uh, uh-huh. bunch of stuff showed up at random times. Um, uh-huh. Apparently, some of the stuff was shipping from China. Um, sure. So it's uh, still catching up to the U.S. experience. Um, but I didn't pay for shipping on everything, so I guess I guess I got some Prime stuff. This uh, that sweet Primo action. Yeah, that I have Primo. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, now do they have do they have a lot of Whole Foods over there? No, no. no? So Amazon uh, is a subset. Of stuff, so they they've got you know the Kindle oh, and right, the Screaming, right. but don't they they don't have Whole Foods stores? No, and really? No. Do they have an equivalent? Uh, small scale stuff. And our right? American retail colonialism has fallen down on its knees over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, how are they going to enjoy our delicious organic produces and and drinks? I don't know how they manage. <sighs> uh, see, the key is they don't need organic because. They don't have. They have a bunch of rules about what you can put on stuff already. Because their food's already good. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, Amazon is uh, com.au is catching up to the the U.S. experience, but mm-hmm. I'm still placing orders. And what did their cloud sales look like? Uh, yeah, so that was that was probably what our listeners care about, other than you know shoes and um, and, and and stuff. Uh, cloud sales are good. Um, <laughs> they 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 beat all the estimates. Um, I think uh, well, we got some numbers about it. Um, they they uh, reported sales of five point four four billion dollars for the quarter, right? For the quarter, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Q one, uh-huh. uh, which is bigger than some of their competition's years. Uh-huh. Um, but or uh, maybe total life lifespan of cloud revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they had a, a, a very good quarter. Um, it, it said, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they beat all the estimates. They're maintaining growth of 40%, which is still pretty nuts. Um, when you're selling that much, uh, I think they are now the number three market cap company in the world. Mm. Um, they're behind Google and Apple or not Google, but the alphabet, right? Oh, uh, is my, Exxon not up there anymore? No, they passed. And then Walmart is below them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so they're, uh, it's kind of. Expected to be a race between Apple and... Um, and that's by market cap, you said. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. But race between Apple and Amazon to who can become a trillion-dollar company first. Well, that's interesting. You yeah. know, I was just... As you were talking, I was listening. Don't worry. But I was also thinking, like, you know, you come over you come over to, uh, as as y'all and Chef call it, Oceana. Oceana. And... Uh, APJ. Yeah, APJ, as they say. And... Uh, it's always interesting that Japan gets its own carve out, but that's fine. Uh, and <laughs> go to Japan, and you'll find out why. You got to wear a suit, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but it, it, many of the companies that you encounter in enterprise sales are like conglomerates. Mm-hmm. And uh, like someone was telling me last night, I forget which company, but they started off as a cigarette company here, and of course it was so profitable. And then they became or bought a bank, and the next thing you know, they have all these other industries that they have. But then I was just thinking, like, well, Amazon's a conglomerate. Like, it doesn't make any sense to be a retailer and also a public cloud provider and also all the other, a grocer and also all the other stuff they do. But 
So actually, I mean, in the sense of it not making sense, actually, like, that's a very normal way for a company to be globally is just like random conglomerate or a conglomerate of seemingly random components. Yeah, but they're complementary and and they build up the skills of of each other. I mean, it's not like... I mean, mean, sort of, right? Like, I mean, only in the sense that, like, if I have a lot of money, banking is complementary. Right. Like it's just like like there. And and then there's large manufacturing uh, conglomerates that they they like do manufacturing. Right. Like as their thing, like I guess Samsung's kind of like that. And a lot of your J J companies, right, like Mitsubishi and all these other ones. But it is like maybe I I mean, the role of conglomerates is always fascinating because it is I think it's like most things it goes it goes in and out. Well, depending on your region, but at least in the U.S., it goes in and out of effectiveness. And, mm-hmm. it, and it seems like, like I think when we were younger, conglomerates were a bigger down. deal. And so. like maybe in the 80s or something. And then they just kind of like got all crashed. I don't know. Like I said, part of why it's fascinating is I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> but there's not that many conglomerates in the U.S. as oh, far as are. I can tell. I mean, there's, there are. Like if you but, think about the companies like, you know, GE... Yeah, NBC. but they like are selling stuff, right? Or, or Comcast, or yeah, um, does GE still own? I think they spun them out. But yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly. the thing. Is and, they, and then, and then I remember the the new CEO at GE was selling off some other stuff, right? Right. But that's probably a natural thing for conglomerates, right? You, you buy a bunch of stuff, you see what fits. Yeah, you, know, you scrape the money out. Yeah, know? like I think the reference case for why it can be a bad idea is at some one point. AOL Time Warner. Well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, at least that one kind of makes sense, but not the logic of it back then seemed to make sense. But like Sears used to sell insurance or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like they, they would have uh, or, or like GMAC financing, you know, where yeah, it was like yeah, the, yeah. the financing companies became bigger than the automotive parts. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and, you know, there's a certain like this must have been when I would read strategy books. There's a certain strategic logic to it of like we're at a Sears and there's a lot of foot traffic of people walking in there. So why don't we have someone trying to sell them another, uh, I don't know if you call it a consumer good, but another consu- good for the individuals, insurance. Yeah. Well, Walmart, and, Walmart goes down that path more. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. Because they've dabbled in banking stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And they, they so maybe there is everything a, under one roof. Maybe right? there is a rising conglomerate. Like, I wonder if there's a theory of what conditions allow that. I mean, obviously, regulatory conditions have to let it happen. But then maybe like cheap access to capital so you can acquire more things or well, maybe like a strong brand so that people trust your brand to like buy a tractor even though you were selling them bananas earlier. Like, I don't know. Like Mitsubishi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and, and, and with the new tax laws, there's going to be a lot of repatriation of money. Oh, yeah. Back into the When's industry? that supposed to happen? Any day now. Oh, man. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's ongoing. Um, so that's just going to be like Hershey bars from the sky for us, right? Just uh, raining down. We should hope so, right? Oh, uh, I, for one, welcome corporate overlords handing me Hershey bars. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you know there there's some companies that had a bunch of money offshore that they're bringing back into the U.S. because mm. you know they get those windows of opportunity to. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's like a is it a ten or twenty percent tariff there or whatever you want to call it penalty? Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is exactly, yeah, yeah. but. Supposedly, Apple's going to be bringing a whole boatload of money from right. Ireland, I guess, is where they were stashing it. What's Ireland going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Put up a wall with, the, with, with Northern Ireland? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I guess if you're in America. I mean, I guess the reason you would put it in Ireland is because they had really low tax. Yeah, yeah. Which means that, that Ireland actually didn't get very much of that money. So if that money leaves, then the only people who leave are like accounting agencies. And like probably anywhere between like, I'm just making this up, 50 and 100 million in annual taxes they actually paid to Ireland. Right. Which I guess is significant for a government, but still. Yeah, I mean, that's, like that's how below. like, you know, all those uh, Caribbean countries, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, Come to you know Bahamas and yeah, yeah. put your money here and you know they're not like Jonathan Swifting them or anything. They're, they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think I think Apple's going to be okay. And I think oh, I, I mean Irish. Yeah. Think about the Irish, Matt. <laughs> what about the no, Irish? I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Apple's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 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 there could be a you know a, a spate of acquisitions coming from non-expected companies. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Apple traditionally doesn't buy much. Um, yeah, they bought Beats. Uh, they bought mm. Shazam. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, mostly smaller stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you got that cat, that money coming over, and then maybe there's also pressure, like with all these these uh, as 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 maybe not used so much, but as I try to sell to, you've got all these other people who are trying to eat your uh, your money. And so you need to figure out a new way as a company to grow. And then that often brings pressure to like make acquisitions, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a, uh, for whatever reason, people think acquisitions are a fantastic idea. And, and uh, you know, sometimes they are if you're lucky, but it's a very high risk activity. <laughs> I, I, for one, welcome our acquiring corporate efforts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, uh, I'll put it another way. It, it takes a lot of skill to make an acquisition work out over 10 15 years and there are companies who do it well and I for one welcome our unskilled acquirers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, no, I mean uh, and now that uh, now that uh, the pivotal's gone public, should they be buying a VMware now? I don't I, I don't I don't I don't work on that anymore. That was a long time ago that I worked on acquisitions. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, so so Amazon's obviously doing pretty well. I think uh, uh, I saw there was an article about uh, Hortonworks. I was actually talking with somebody about open source business models the other day. Uh-huh. And How did they bring them up? I brought them up because I was working off old, faulty data. Oh, and, yeah. What, what's the new data? The new data is Hortonworks is, is doing pretty well. Yeah? Uh, there's an article, uh, Red Monk, uh, your buddy James, uh, posted about uh, he was at the, uh, the Hortonworks world or whatever. And, uh, the, you know, they're killing it on the... Uh, the, the GDPR, oh, right? GDPR. They're, they're all talking about, you know, you've got these big sets of data. We're giving you controls and insights into who's got access. and Oh, you know, right. So because you, you would set up your, do they still do the MapReduce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, you would set up analytics to, because because you need to look at every piece of data and compare it to every other piece right. of data. And so you can do some sort of MapReducing to find out well, that how much and, money you yeah, have. Yeah, and, and, and actual, you know, the controls over those data uh, sets. Huh. And, so, yeah, it was, you know, interesting and and you know they were saying that you know there there's a really clean delineation between the business models of Cloudera and Hortonworks where you know, Hortonworks is focused on more of like the big data that's sitting in enterprises probably not in the cloud you know going into those spaces while you know Cloudera's got you know a lot of the same tooling but they're more focused on you know the next gen AI stuff and mm. you know kind of the you know exciting things that are going to be happening they're going to where data. the puck is Maybe. Going to be. Wait, I, no, I got know. that wrong. They're going to where the puck is going to be. Predictive modeling might say that. <laughs> Big data says the puck's going over there. Oh, I mean, that's that's a new good joke we can start using. Is like if you're an AI company, you should be able to figure out your success. Oh, like kind of like the old psychic thing. 
You know what that means? You're going to code your way out of your problems. Hey, <laughs> that's right. But 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 you know, there's there's a lot of money to be made in in cons, uh, in compliance. You know, yeah. Just this is probably like, I mean, it, it's we're in the middle of a of a mini gold rush, kind of like with Y2K, where you know there's a whole lot of GDPR stuff. Like I don't know about you, but I got three emails today about companies I've dealt with. Updating their privacy policies, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nonstop updates about these things. Yeah, and it, you know, it's just starting. You know, these regulations are going into effect, and so all these companies are going to have to show that they're implementing controls. They can prove that they're, yeah, yeah. they're going through the best efforts. That's how money gets made. Yeah, I always think there's like like three sides to these kind of things, right? Because I'm sure you remember back in the, and I, if Brandon was here, he, he would remember. But back in the early to mid 2000s it was as you say a gold rush for sarbanes oxley mm-hmm. and other compliance stuff and i think that drove a lot of uh of uh work in in uh you know identity act and access management and everything and and which is fine so you have to comply and i think i think very quickly it kind of uh people get cynical about it and they're like "Ooh, it must have been all the consultants who went and lobbied congress to put these things into place because <laughs> all all that we're doing now is we're just spending money and like for what right? yeah and then, and then that gets to one of the other the other angles of like, I mean, it's almost like uh, one way like I think about it is so you do have to pay more of an expense. Let's take GDRP, right? Like, let's say you're some organization and now you have to pay uh, five million dollars a year to be GDRP compliant or some basis points to be all technical. Right. And and like you get all complaining and you're like, why are you doing this? And and like in some way that suggests to me that like I mean that that $5 million was always there as a, something that needed to be done, but you just weren't having to deal you with weren't, it. You yeah, weren't, yeah. Yeah, so your prices, your profit was artificially too high and you were just <laughs> coasting you, off of this. Because you were, you know, violating yeah, yeah. the privacy. Of right, and, and you see this in, like, you know, your Facebooks and your Twitter. It was like, well, in retrospect, for what you were doing, of course you were insanely profitable. Right, right. right. Like, and, but if people, like... If there had been negative effects of realizing what you were doing, it would have hurt your business. Like you would have to spend a tremendous amount of money, like making sure that bad things didn't happen. But if you don't have to spend a lot of money, then of course you make a lot of money. Right. And so it is like, I mean, I don't know what you call that stuff in economics, but it's almost like there's this um, there's this artificial margin that you get because you didn't actually solve all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, the key is to just you know. Stay on top of that artificial margin as long as you can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Which sure. is, you know, before the whole Cambridge Analytics scandal stuff, you know. Yeah, it seemed fine. Yeah. Facebook, well, Facebook was kind of starting to talk about, you know, refocusing on the customer experience and, you know, pulling back on the amount of advertising they were doing, which was going to hurt their margins. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Trying to, and now it's like, you know, I don't know about you, but people seem to be fleeing the Facebook. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I saw some some calculation for doing like DevOpsy infrastructure stuff recently, and uh, what do they call it? it? It's there's a name for it, but it's not opportunity cost, but it's sort of like it's a calculation that you do of like if if we project that we're going to make ten dollars a day and we have a delay of thirty dollars, then we're going to lose thirty dollars, right? And so they were using this 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 group was using this metric to chart out. Uh, making the case for why they should automate things, right? Because telling someone you should automate something doesn't always work, <laughs> yeah. right? Right, and and that's, so that's why I'm here talking about compliance. Yeah, yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so if you can show them that, like, normally this would take us two years before we could start making the first dollar, 
but now we could start making the first dollar, I don't know, in six months. I mean, that's, this is a very artificed way of doing it, but it is an interesting way of thinking about, so this is the amount of money that automation is worth to us. Mm -hmm. Like it never really existed and it doesn't exist now kind of sort of, but it seemed like a good way of thinking, uh, thinking past people who just want to say no to uh, (laughs) your efforts. Yep. Yep. (sighs) (laughs) So, uh, oh yeah, and this is highly related. We're looking at our laptops here because because we're together. We don't just have terrible microphones. Yep. I, I like so. This is a continuing saga. Apparently, uh, Safra Katz's dinner with Peter Thiel and Trump didn't pan out well. Uh, not yet, not yet. Uh, I, well, I, I don't know. They're pretty definitive. They're pretty definitive. So, uh, for listeners who might not have caught that uh, deep cut, um, <laughs> we. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense announced that uh, they were sticking with a single cloud contract and that uh, they answered, I think it was uh, 1,089 questions from 46 companies, yeah, and they're yeah. done. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me read my favorite line from this article. Wait, where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. They, they're talking about how you know, there was criticism. And I, I, I shouldn't say involved, but I've heard about these things where, as a vendor, you can submit all these questions to clarify and I remember when I was getting involved in it, it was a really, it was a classic anti-agile, culturally effective DevOps kind of thing where like, <laughs> where like the government agency publishes this giant document on this weird website right. that's like in all caps mm-hmm. going over what the requirements are. And then as a vendor or whoever you are, uh, you know, the other layer of absurdity is there's apparently like 10 different companies that can actually sell to the government and everyone has to sell through them or something, which right, right. I don't know what, who thought that was a good idea. Uh, and, and so like, like, but then you can have questions about it. So you submit questions that goes through a process and then they give you answers back. And it's one of those things where like, well, couldn't I just ask them directly? And it's like, no, no, because, you know, inevitably what's going to happen is, is corruption. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Like next thing you know that your son-in-law is going to be running IT optimization yep. in, in the in the government. So I guess you have to do it that way. But in reply to their questions, I, li- I like this one. It, this is what they said in the article. Rival contractors complain that the winner-take-all approach favors Amazon.com Incorporated because it's in Bloomberg. So I'm sure they put incorporated. You know, not to be confused with the other Amazon.com. Uh, the biggest supplier of clouds, the, the, you know, their approach favors the biggest supplier of, uh, anyways, they're just picking Amazon. But Pentagon officials made clear that they have little patience for continuing debate over the issue. So already that's getting good. <laughs> you can imagine someone in a uniform being in, in a Pentagon, right? Yeah, right. I have little patience for it's continuing like, to discuss this. Like, okay, we've answered <laughs> one thousand and eighty-nine questions, that's sir. It. And then, and then the next, the next one is in response to a question on the quote rationale for a single award for this contract. In quote, the answer posted was blunt. Quote: The rationale is not going to be published at this time. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, 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 and then and furthermore, so. yeah, furthermore, later on in the article, there's another quote that says, it was a decision the department made based on the needs. So adding context here doesn't benefit us. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, I love that straightforwardness. Yeah. Just, and, and, but on the other hand, so it is, uh, of course, the rivals uh, of Amazon.com Incorporated uh, or Inc., if you prefer. Yes. 
they they are saying you know you would never there's a good there's a a, a well done quote from IBM that says you know no other organization would depend on a single uh, vendor source for a cloud, especially since they're trying, they, they almost go like crazy, like, especially with our military. And like, next thing you know, the Ruskies are going to invade and take over. And then how am I going to go collect my IBM sales pipeline? Like, hey, I think Bezos, that might be a Russian name. <laughs> hey. And, and, then, and then a little later on in the article, it says, uh, there's a point raised that like this contract in no way precludes future cloud vendor providers being chosen. Right. So in fact... There's a bit of a, uh, I don't know, maybe it's not a teapot, maybe it's a bathtub, but there's a bit of a tempest in a bathtub of like, well, they've just chosen this one thing to go with now, and they might choose another one in the future, which is probably what's going to happen. As long as it's this Amazon compatible, because that's what they're going to tool for. <laughs> that's right. As long as, what is it? As long as the rationale, oh, no, not the rationale. They need to make sure that the uh, the context benefits them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So it, it, it there is. you go. Other cloud providers, all you have to do is come up with something that Amazon can't do and the government needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, but it is. Uh, I don't know. It would be fun to see how it, it pans out. In in the the uh, the name of the contract is of course Jedi Jedi, which is what is that the joint uh, Jedi Cloud Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Cloud Program. So it's yeah. actually Jedikp Jedikp, but I think Jedi <laughs> sounds better. Oh sure. No, no, I wonder if this is one of those cases where they build the acronym and, and a backronym where they, they acronym it first and then they... I think that's the only way they come up with them, right? I bet they have like some like major who's like only works on <laughs> has some staff. Uh, yes, hopefully it's major acronym. <laughs> major name this. And then they just they just have a big whiteboard. They run they go through it like naked lunch style with yeah. a bunch of cut ups and just run through They're stuff. Like, uh, no, we already used Patriot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was looking at that, and I you know there's a there's another uh, part of the Air Force that the part of the Air Force that works with Pivotal they they use Star Wars names for things like they have the Kessel Project. Ooh. And I was thinking like I bet the people who approve these names in the military. They're probably kind of like our age or a little bit older, and they're the ones who grew up with Star Wars. Right, and now right. to them, like Star Wars names are just like the bomb. totally normal. Right. Like I guess the people who came up with Patriot are probably like old school Patriots, like like Don Draper types. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean that that was that was in the language of what they were saying. Whereas we would talk about like movie stuff and video games and not be embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whereas like whereas like my grandfather, right? Yeah. Who, who was a career Air Force person from World War II and all the great wars afterwards, he uh if he if you were to name something Jedi, he would be like, This is bullshit. <laughs> it's like what does it do? <laughs> uh well it's it's joint cooperation between agencies. JCA, done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like next yeah, yeah. acronym is whatever it was, just the first letters. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, not uh, not a whole lot of new acronyms this week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yeah, I think uh, covers most everything we got. Yeah, there's a lot on. of hot news this week. <laughs> it's really hard keeping track of things when you're on the other side of the world and there's not much going on. Right. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there was some feedback. I was trying to remember uh, what the Nagios fork was named. And um, it's a, it's another word that I can't pronounce. Isinga, uh, Isinga, right? Isinga. There are a couple Nagios forks. What are happened to those Groundworks guys? That's a good question. <laughs> I think they're around still. Yeah, still selling the Nagios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of those those folks are still around. We should look them up sometime. All right then. I love their logo, Groundworks. 
Well, uh, you know, we've been mentioning we're going to be at this conference, and we're here. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take that off, <laughs> take that off the show notes. Mission accomplished. But I think the next thing I'll be at will be uh, May fifteenth or sixteenth yeah. or something, and I'll be in London for the Registers Conference, the Continuous Lifecycle London. Ooh, which uh, I, I think I'm going to give my Enterprise Architect talk. So I should start working on that. Ooh. Is this a new talk? Uh, this is a road I haven't given talk. it 37 times. <laughs> <laughs> I've only given it a couple times, and each time it, it it's doesn't. Better. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, right. I think I picked a topic that actually isn't a topic. It's just like there's, like, it's kind of a moot point mm. to use that word again. I think, I think one of the, the second time I gave it, I got one of the best responses ever, which was, uh, which was Have you ever been an enterprise architect? And I was like, Oh, oh that's, that's a blow right there. <laughs> I should have replied with, no, but I'm very imaginative. Next question. <laughs> but, uh, and, then, and then where are you going to be? Uh, so I'm going to be on the opposite side of the planet uh-huh. from you. Yeah. You'll be in London. I'll be in Hong Kong right. at uh, Cloud Expo uh, Asia, Cloud Expo Hong Kong. Um, I think I've got a talk. I'm going to be, I think I'm talking about compliance as code probably. Mm. I'm going to be talking about, uh, yeah, how you make your stuff not, you know, safe to use in all sorts of different countries. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be there in Hong Kong. And then, uh, the next week I'll be flying to Chicago. So I'll be back in America. They have a direct flight to yeah. there. No, they don't. What? No, they don't. So, um, I recently got the, uh, the, the platinum. Oh, executive platinum. Executive platinum. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got the four site wide up, upgrades and, and luggage uh, labels. Did they send those to you yet? Maybe that's how your Austin address. They probably mailed them to my Austin address. Yeah. Oh, crap. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've applied for, for a upgrades, upgrade. for system-wide upgrades to and from America. Executive Platinum. Live, live in the dream. <sighs> yeah. It, nightmares are dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'll be, I'll be in Chicago for ChefConf. So hopefully, hopefully uh, some of our listeners will be there. That uh, means you can go into the flagship lounges anytime you want. Anytime? If you're on an international flight. Okay. Uh, no matter what class you're sitting in. That's what I mean. Like, regardless oh, yeah, of yeah, the class yeah, you yeah. sit in, you can go into the No, yeah, I already got that. I, 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 so I'm, I'm quite familiar with the Qantas lounges because, mm. you know, they, they've got some first-class lounges in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, so I get to... You got to go to Heathrow so you can go into that, 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 BA uh, one? that BA one that I've never been able to go into. Yeah. So, so Singapore has a BA lounge and a Qantas lounge. Oh. And I get to go to both of those. Um, what are they? What happens in there? Oh, so the BA lounge uh-huh. has this door, yeah, that has a keypad, and it's some sort of private restaurant bar thing. What? And I can't get into it because I'm a lowly uh, executive platinum. You should figure that thing. out. Yeah, uh, but the Qantas lounge is actually tell them that you have an award-winning podcast. <laughs> I'd be happy to uh, tell them what it looks like inside the room. Um, but yeah, the uh, I like the Qantas Lounge better in mm-hmm. Singapore. So even though I'm flying BA, I go yeah. over to the Qantas Lounge. Well, anything Australian is always better. I, I, I don't know, know about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to lounges, Qantas does it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's a long way of saying uh, see you in Chicago. Right. Well, I also, I, uh, I found out I'm going to be in uh, – maybe I'll get to go there because I'm going to be in Singapore for, for Vox Days. I think it's Vox Days. I June 1st. Yeah, I haven't heard about Vox. Well, Days. that's a conference. 
In Singapore? In Singapore. I'll find an excuse to be in Singapore. Maybe we'll record again. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I, and and uh, on this trip, I've made friends with our Singapore people. So it looks like I'm going to gain like five pounds. They, they measure it in kilos, but ah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. gain some weight there. I learned, well, maybe this will go into recommendations, but this is going to be uh, my last piece of a, a distracting advice. So I learned when I was in Bangkok how to properly eat a dumpling. So they ordered dumplings, you know, in the steam bamboo thing. Right, right. And my, my friend, uh, Dennis a pivotal person here. Uh, so he, he was just kind of casually watching me and I just w- went out with, they had chopsticks uh-huh. here and I picked up a dumpling and I, I was putting it in my mouth and Dennis was like, no, 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 stop, stop. Ooh. And he was like, this, you get like this, you get a, a spoon and he gets like what we would call a, um, like an Asian soup, soup spoon. Like, I don't know. One big, yeah, the big spoon. And he said, okay, so you, you put the dumpling in here, right? And then you lift it up. We, and I'm gesturing like I have, you're lifting the spoon up to your mouth. So okay. the dumpling's still in the spoon. And then and then you eat the whole dumpling or you take a bite and you have the spoon there to capture this juice that comes out of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and then you enjoy the juice either with the dumpling or like on its own. But the whole point is you don't lose the juice. Uh, and then he was he was like, yeah, that's like the whole thing is the juice. Like the juice is delicious. And it, it's really like everyone enjoys the juice and it's like the main thing with, with the dumplings. And then, and then being a, uh, an excellent amateur journalist, I checked with another source. So I was talking <laughs> with someone else and I said, Dennis was telling me, hey, he's a dumpling. And this person, they said like, oh, yeah, yeah. The juice is like this. The that's best what part. it's about. Yeah. And then both of them also confirmed that they, they, the way that you do it is you're making the dumpling and you have frozen ice cubes of juice and you wrap the frozen juice in the dumpling. Right. Because how else would you get juice in there? I don't know. Right. So you put the ice cube in there and you steam it. Of course, you know how steam works. It melts the ice and you get juice in there. So there you go. You eat dumplings with a spoon so you can have the juice. This is what you learn when you get out of your hotel room. All right. So at least now we know where we, we're going to title the episode, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so what do you recommend this week? Uh, yeah. So uh, recommendations. Um, I am recommending uh, I got uh, – I got some Amazon or some Apple store credit and I was poking around and I found that I'd missed a, uh, an Aphex twin is releasing content again. So uh, he's got a new, relatively new to me uh, EP uh, called uh, Cheetah. Uh, that's based off of some electronic music device called a Cheetah that he used to make this album. And oh, wonderful. It's good stuff. Um, I, I like his, uh, his new content. Um, it's all good. So that's that's my recommendation for the week. Next week, listeners, I'm going to have some recommendations based off purchases. Just a uh, heads up, my my phone is dying. So oh yeah, my yeah. pixel is dying. And you can tell you you can tell us uh, how your Primo delivery has been working out. Mm-hmm. We, we can have a weekly Primo, Primo update. So so something was shipped by DHL, uh-huh. something was shipped by Australian Post, and something was shipped by FedEx. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to diversify. Yes. Figure out their shipping. And uh, it's it's spread over the next two weeks. Uh, so it's not primo, but it's free. Huh. Not not primo, but it's free. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of a recommendation. I forgot that we do this. Yeah. Well, you, you recommend here, eating dumplings with well, spoons. Sure. That was a free one. So here here is now every everyone who's listened to more than five minutes of an episode knows that I only fly in one world. But... On this trip, I had to fly, or I shouldn't say had to. I had the great pleasure to fly between Bangkok and Jakarta. And I could have flown on our lovely Australian friends, 
uh, Qantas, yeah. except I would have to fly to like Brisbane or Sydney <laughs> or something and then fly to Jakarta, no. which is like a six hour flight. Whereas yeah. normally the flight's like two and a half hours direct. So I booked on uh, Thai Airlines, which Not is a Star time. Alliance, yeah, yeah. Uh, as I recall. And I think I must have been on Thai Airlines some other time, but... Well, also, I was in business class because I managed to get approval Ooh. for that. And man, Thai Airlines, very nice. Yeah. Like, like what, even beyond, like, I mean, I've been on American Airlines business class and it's okay. But, but first of all, you get on the flight and they've got these nice little purple flowers yeah, that yeah. they put there. And, and then, and then like they have like people who seem to care that you're alive. And, and that, they're very nice. nice. Yeah. And, nice. and they're like, can I get this for you? Yeah. And they take care of it. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. A friend of mine is a, uh, so Thai uh, Airlines. Thai Airlines. If, if it, it, I wish I was on Star Alliance now. Oh, I don't, that's don't probably not that. true. Don't but, say that. But I wish Thai, Thai Airlines was in, in one world and then I'd fly them every <laughs> chance I get. Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my one world choices are Qantas, uh, BA and Malaysia. Yeah. And uh, I haven't flown Malaysian Air. Uh, but yeah, um, I've heard good things about Thai. But you know, as you say, they're they're happy to see that you're alive. Um, <laughs> friend of mine is a flight attendant on Southwest, and she 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 always rags on American. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yeah, those people. <laughs> yeah, their motto should be "Get you to where you want to go." <laughs> That's yes. Yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, I yeah. I have I have a, I have a lot of mixed thoughts about the about airline staffing. Just not United is that Star Alliance? I think no, that's, that's the other one. Okay. We can all agree. Sky Team? I, I don't know. I get it mixed up. Sky Lord? Sky, yeah, Sky Lord. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, that was an Air Force project. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, in all caps. <laughs> so we're going to need an acronym for Sky Lord. <laughs> okay. SL, done. I guess it has to be three or four letters, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, Sky. Now that new that new Avengers movie has the Guardians of the Galaxy in it. I don't know. What's the deal with this I new Avengers know. movie? I don't. Come know. on, come on. You know something. I, no, I, I I haven't seen the trailers. And but there's is, what's the theory behind it? I don't know. It's Infinity War. I don't know. They're bringing all the timelines mm-hmm. together. People from the future. This is not a good conversation to have. I'm totally uninformed. Okay. But the uh, the last Thor movie was pretty good. I saw that. It was good. On a plane. I think I've watched all of the Marvel ones? Avenger movies because I've been traveling so much on planes. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've seen all of them except Iron Man 3. It wasn't very good. Yeah, and, and watching all of them, I realized, like, I don't really like Iron Man. No. Like, no. I like the concept of Iron Man, but his portrayal is like, that guy's a dick. And, and, yeah. like, and it's not even that he's a dick. It's like, whatever that style of talking is like i find that really ir- irritating in in that character the only person so what is the style it's like an american james bond style like when james bond does it it's all like smooth and you know he'll be like well that was a close shave yes. or, or like when american you know, does it it just sounds kind of yeah it just sounds like a really bad just like i would rather be watching a james bond movie <laughs> <laughs> like he, he does it better than like this yeah. like yeah. So this was actually a, a topic, a conversation at the DevOps Days uh, happy hour last night. No. Oh. Ranking Avengers movie or ranking uh, Marvel superhero movies. Yeah. And and everyone agreed that the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are near the top. That's first that's Avengers true. was really good. Black Panther, very good. Yeah. Uh, and then like. Well, how about the, all the, the X Men movie? Well, see, that's the thing. Well, and how come it's the X Men different studio? How come the X Men don't? Oh. Yeah. So Sony owns the rights to. Uh, I thought the Sony stuff expired. X- or maybe Spider-Man. Spider-Man, expired. they've agreed to license it or something. So huh. that's why you have all these like X-Men movies. And Disney that owns it all, right? <laughs> Not yet, but soon. The, so Disney doesn't own the X-Men? I thought they bought Marvel. 
They own Marvel, but they don't have the rights to X-Men movies. Oh, so it's, it's in the same way that China owned Hong Kong for 100 years. The lease just needed to run out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so, right, right. so eventually the X-Men will show up in that universe, I guess. Yeah, because it's very disconcerting. that but like no, no It's just like... I mean, Where's Wolverine? Yeah, Where? <laughs> like, like this problem could easily be solved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? If, if only Deadpool could punch Tony Stark in the face. Right? Oh, that would be great. I'd, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we didn't talk about the Deadpool movies, but oh yeah, and then and then you got the whole Netflix Marvel universe, yeah, yeah. right, right. Like, so the X Men are in a completely different universe, so they don't get to overlap yet. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, but there have been characters who have overlapped between the uh, genres because they weren't represented as X Men, like Quicksilver was actually uh, X Men at some point. I see. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure that That's the listeners are going to enjoy this extra five minutes of nerd. I'm, yeah, I'm going to need a chart. One day I want to get into comics, but I think, I think it'll take too long. So I got a subscription to Comixology for my oldest son, and yeah. uh, he got bored. He was like, I, they don't have enough things that I want to read. Really? So it's like you'd start to read something that was free, and then it'd be like, oh, and it crosses over into this series, and yeah. you have to pay for access to that, that Not to be all like Merlin Man guy, but it would be nice to get like like a guide. Yeah. Con- like, like, you know, when I would read, uh, when I would read Lovecraft books, I spent, a, I would, and when I would read Conan and, and Lovecraft stories, yep. at least the third time in my life, I tried to read them. I spent a lot of time figuring out the chronology, the chronology of the stories. Right, right, right. And then you want to read that, read those two, those two, uh, what do you call them? Picadillos or whatever, whatever those two, those Conan and, and, uh, the other one in order. Because they weren't published in order, and, right, and, right. and those cheap ass collections they put out usually aren't in order. And yeah. like that's what I would like for some comic books. It's just like give me the. And at some point they're going to have to cut off the ridiculous stuff from the sixties and fifties because I don't want to read that. Right, like, right, that's no good. Right, but there, I want like a whole collection. Of, maybe like The Walking Dead would be like that, right? Because there's no like uh, multi universe mix ups in The Walking Dead. No, right? no, it's, it's just, just one, one universe. Well, they got the LA universe now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but I stopped watching that years ago. Oh, but I mean the comics. You were right. I mean, I was reading the comics before the series came out. Right, right. And then right. I kind of stopped doing both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess this is hearkening back to a previous pick. Libraries. Libraries. The comic books. They got the big omnibus roll-up things. If you want to go sit down and read, you know, 100 issues of Thor, they got you covered. That's a good idea. Yeah. Huh. They yeah. got a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I think I think Thor is my favorite character. Really, I dislike Thor. I, I you know, despite what I said about Iron Man, I, I think I, I the the bravado and wisecracking and and slight dumbness of Thor that's more my speed. Well, that's and, why the last Thor movie is really good because it's yeah, directed the by, Ragnarok by Joss one? Whedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he was a one of the writers, and the the director was uh, the guy from Flight of the Concords. Right, like, like so, it's funny. I think I, so. Maybe and it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, like, there's, I think maybe I started appreciating Thor when I listened to uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Neil Gaiman reading his Viking stories. I forget mm-hmm. what they're called. Yeah, I remember and that. the way that Neil Gaiman like voices Thor is awesome. He you, he just figured out a way of voicing him. This guy is a total dumbass, yeah. right? And and like <laughs> the the movie Thor is not a total dumbass. He's no. actually pretty intelligent. Yeah, so but, the first two or three Thors I don't really like. Yeah, but I, but then 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 I think I think my liking of Thor crystallized in when I was watching Age of Ultron on a plane. Yeah, and there's this moment where what's his name Vision comes in, and yeah. vi- and and it's been established. It's a Chekhov's gun thing. It's been established early on that only the um, what is it, the virtuous, the pure of whatever, can pick up Thor's hammer. 
and then just casually like is it it's vision, vision right yeah, vision yeah. goes over and just picks up thor's hammer and throws it to him and and thor thor for a moment is like holy oh, shit <laughs> and, then, and then no one else kind of notices and he or no no yeah yeah anyways he manages to pick it up and it's like it's very shocking for him but anyways it's, it was it was a good a good reaction yeah there you go well, comic books, am I right? <laughs> it was actually someone other than some other. It wasn't Vision. Some character almost picked it up and it moved imperceptibly. Mm, wiggled. Who? What, who? I said it wiggled. Man, who was it? Some I, other character like picks it up and like Thor notices and looks distressed, and then he realizes that no one else noticed, and, uh, and like because it budges a little okay. bit. So I, I, I think I, I missed, really played this joke out well. I think I missed the last thirty minutes of Age of Ultron because my flight ended. That's where I watch all my Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe another reason I like comic books is because the villains always just want to destroy the world. It's just like, they need a better plot. Superman 3. <laughs> oh, and then DC movies. <laughs> yeah, DC movies are the worst. All right, well, on that note, <laughs> I thought Suicide Squad was pretty good. Suicide that's Squad, just, I was entertained. That's just because I'm a fool for action movies. Yeah. Like that, that was, I don't know why but, they had to kill that Native American man, guy. Man, that right Justice that. League movie is toilet oh yeah well it has wonder woman in it so at least it has that but anyways uh this has been software defined talk <laughs> comic books weekly live to tape from jakarta a fantastic city and uh if you want to get the show notes for this episode it is episode uh can you double check is it 132 yes it's so you go to software defined talk.com slash 132 now, you can also find out how to order uh, a T-shirt with our fabulous logo on it. Get 20%. You can see a link to the Datadog things about how to get a free T-shirt from them by going to datadog.com slash SDT. You set up a dashboard. It's good find shirt. And, uh, of course, you should join our Slack channel uh, if you've listened this long. And you can see things that we're interested in during the week. There's lots of interesting discussion there. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.